0: Well, here we are joining you once again in your uh, ear pods or in your car.
1: Maybe on the way back from school. The yeah, way to school, actually. Maybe this is some great kids off. educational
0: content for your kids. Preschoolers live for this stuff. Pepper pig, Schmeppa <laughs> pig. <laughs> yeah. Anyhow, it's great to be with you. It
1: is. And hey, we're about to launch into a couple of weeks of, of ex- an exciting topic. I'm really excited to talk about this. Christian. Clichés. Mm.
0: Yeah, we're going to look at clichés. Clichés in French. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and they're, they're things that we tend to use all the time, of course. That's what a cliché is. And we tend to use clichés without thinking. Mm. Um, the definition of a cliché is literally a phrase or opinion that is overused And betrays a lack of original thought.
1: Yeah, you can almost hear it being said before
0: it's said. Yeah, and I mean it's difficult to shake them off because there's often sort of an element of truth in them. Um, So, you know, for example, you you only get what you pay for. That's a cliche, you know. So if you buy cheap clothes or or I've found with cheap tools, they're going to let you down much quicker um, and you only get what you pay for. Yeah. and And, And we sort of know that that's... Pretty right. It's pretty true. Yeah. 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 But I did, just I didn't not in to, all circumstances. I didn't have to put a lot of thought into it, but it fits. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> and I
1: mean, if we're going to talk about cliches, sometimes as Christians, let's be honest, we can be shockers oh, man. for
0: using cliches. Christian cliches, like what we're going to look at today. God is in control.
1: Yeah, it's a, it's a good it's a go to, isn't it? It's
0: a go to. I mean, it's a phrase commonly used. Really, it's a it's a cliche in in some or probably many Christian circles, uh, and I can understand where it comes from. I mean, we we understand God can do anything, right? Yeah, uh, we believe God is omnipotent; He's all powerful. Um, and I think often in our desire to honour Him, you know, as Creator and King. We can unwittingly forge concepts that actually don't reflect him well. That actually, uh, like, project a false image, um, and so that's where we're going to head today.
1: That's great. I guess we're going to look at broadening that thought in a sense, rather mm-hmm. than getting too narrow. and And I, I really think it's going to be helpful for you. I hope and so. what would be helpful for us. Mm. See that sneaky segue Ooh, there. If you would segue. rate the podcast wherever you consume this content, or uh, give the share, if you if it's helpful, share it. Tag us where if we can if we see it. If the team sees it, we'd love to repost it um, on our social channels as well. So please go and do that. But let us talk about God is in
0: control. Yeah, or more specifically, the problem with saying. God is in control. Possibly even just the the problem with saying and thinking, God is in control. And I know as we go there, straight away. Stick with us. Some of us (laughs) are going to be like, oh, I don't (laughs) like where this is headed. But stick with us. I think you'll find it helpful. Um, Because I know what we're trying to say, okay? Uh, What we're trying to say, when we say God is in control, we're often trying to say don't fear. Mm. It's often when we're comforting someone. Yeah, uh, God's got this. God's got this. Yeah, that's it. Um, And he does have this, Mm. but not always the way... We sort of like to picture it. Mm. Um, We often want to see God like this huge divine insurance policy. Now, it's not that we see him that way, but we kind of want to treat him that way or we want to think that that's how he operates. Uh, That he's like a shield from anything that threatens our happiness, that kind of concept. I think that is often what we're thinking when yeah, we think I, God is in control. And I guess
1: one of the instant problems with saying God is in control is that question of, well, if God is in control, why do bad things happen?
0: Oh, why wow. do bad
1: things happen to good people?
0: Oh, man. Wow. I mean, if you've had a really bad experience, something's happened that's catastrophic, and most people at some point in their life will experience that. God is in control. Is not necessarily a comfort. It can actually be infuriating mm. uh, to hear it, and particularly if you're coming from a non-faith background. Um, so there can it can be problematic when Christians are trying to comfort people, you know, who aren't giving God the benefit of the doubt. Um, it can just confirm their their worst impressions. Mm. Um, so if God doesn't do c- control, what does God do? Well, God doesn't do control. He does love, mm. because He is. Love yeah and really love doesn't do control not on, not an unhealthy level so that's what we're going to look at and we, we need to look I guess at when we talk about love we really need to define love as the God God kind of love because our world thinks lots of things of love and our our language even in English, is very restrictive of how we talk about love. I mean, I love my wife and I love meat pies. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's, I don't, you know, it's don't inter- eat them anymore, but yeah.
1: Yeah, well, it's interesting just talking from a language perspective in Mandarin, um, at least how I was taught, you, would, you wouldn't say you love a lot of things, we'd say you love in English. It would always be translated as like. Yeah, You'd yeah. never say, I love ice cream, you'd say, I like ice cream.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we've turned love into a superlative that fits every situation. We've watered
1: it down a lot, yeah. And,
0: and therefore our imaginations of love need to... You, it needs to be channeled into when we're talking about divine love, what exactly that looks like.
1: Yeah. So what does it look like?
0: Well, Philippians two, a very well known famous passage. um, And it, it talks about Jesus and it says, you should have the same. And this is Paul exhorting the church really to embrace the same attitude. He said, you should have the same attitude toward one another that Christ Jesus had, who though he existed in the form of God, did not regard equality with God as something to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking on the form of a slave, by looking like other men, and by sharing in human nature. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. And so right there we have a bit of a picture. Like if you want to look at it, Jesus is definitely the clearest picture We have of God. There's many images of God in Scripture and God's portrayed this way and that way. And often, uh, as we've mentioned on a previous episode, that comes through the writer's own experience, their own circumstances. If you need God to be a warlord, well, then that's how you're going to paint him. But if we really want to get a clear picture... Of God, then we look at Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And Jesus himself said this, you know, he, he who has seen me has seen the Father. And so what we see in this passage in Jesus is self emptying love. So the, the words that are translated there in English, but emptied himself, it's actually the, the Greek word kenosis. And so you have this self-emptying love, self-emptying humility. That's what Jesus is, even though in the form of God, even though all powerful, all, uh, had all resource at his fingertips, could be anywhere or do anything he wants, chooses to humble himself empty himself to take on the form, Here, uh, scripture says, of a slave, of a, of a human being, sharing our very nature with all its trials and weaknesses, and yet without sin, he humbles himself to express the love of God. I have come for you so that you might not only get a clear picture of who I am, but the, that you might literally handle me, even if that handling eventuates in the wrath that is within you, being projected onto me at the cross, um, the death on the cross. So that's not control. Although all-powerful, it's surrendered. God's love surrendered to love's agenda.
1: Yeah. And Mm. and I guess if we're talking about, you know, you mentioned before creating God in our own image sometimes. (laughs) People do control. Oh, yeah. uh, In many forms. And some are necessary. Some are devastating.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, look. We see governments exercise control, so whether it's, um, you know... Positive w- or negative. Positive or negative, I mean, for me, uh, you know, I've got a car that'll go faster than the speed limit but actually for the sake of everyone's wife and kids, it's probably good that there's a speed limit. Yeah. So governments do control, and not all control is bad. That's right. Um, but it, people, it has been
1: funny watching people say the government's controlling us, and it's like <laughs> that is the purpose of a government. What other reason, <laughs> yes, to <you> know, control?
0: <laughs> people who got upset with mandates and stuff, honestly, it's like just explain to me why else governments exist. I'm not saying they make great decisions or whatever. I'm just no, saying. No, that is the purpose they <laughs> Don't have. Don't freak yeah. out at governments for exercising control because that's... Why they exist, and yeah. hopefully it's to create a safe environment for everyone to thrive. That's not always the case, but that's what it's meant to
1: yeah. be. Yeah, and I mean parenting, as far as boundaries and stuff. If we're looking oh, at yeah. people well, who you, do control parents, you yeah. know
0: that you you familiar with that?
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean we put, you know we put uh, a, a a little fence around our fireplace. Yeah, we don't yeah. let our kids play inside the fence.
0: Yeah, yeah, because uh, i will get burnt. Yeah, uh, relationships. You know, saying things to to push people. This is a negative example, but You know, we say things. We manipulate people. We say things to push people the direction we want. Um, You know, we try and make people act the way we think they should, that Mm. kind of thing. So that's a form of control.
1: Yeah, I guess violent people obviously do control, taking someone's choice out of their hands. and
0: Using violence to control others. Um, I mean, sporting teams do. It's like winners and losers. He who controls the ball controls the game wins the game. Yeah. You know, so people do control. On all those levels. So we're really familiar with control Mm. and that's why it's so easy for us to then project it onto God. But actually God doesn't do control because it's not who he is. Mm. Love really it can't exist in ultimate control and i guess when we're talking about god we're not talking about just a parent now protecting kids for a season of their life but ultimate control so god is in control of the weather god is in control of the government or of people's decisions or etc
1: he's moving the chess pieces he, on the, yeah, the chessboard yeah, yeah. you
0: know and there's no doubt that god uses circumstances romans 8:28 yeah can we know anything, that in all yeah. things god's at work for Those who love him to mm. work to make them all work together for good, yeah. Uh, but again, often that doesn't match our imagination of what good looks like, right? Um, so we can trust that God's at work, God is always using, um, uh, history and the progressive nature of life, uh, to speak to us, to shape us, to direct us, to lead us. Mm. But th- what He doesn't do is control us,
1: yeah. And I guess we love. As people love to be in control, right? So I guess that's where we do uh, paint God in our own image. Yeah. Um, I think sometimes we like to think we want Him to do (laughs) control, but I guess if we're
0: honest, only when it suits us. Oh, so true. (laughs) Only when it suits us. It's like, I want God to control it because this works for me. Um, I've often thought of that, I must admit, when I've been in prayer meetings, okay? And um, you'll have. Well-meaning people who've got an event on Saturday praying that it doesn't rain when there's farmers (laughs) within 10 kilometres of the city boundary that are desperately praying that it would rain. Yeah, and yeah. it's like, oh, gee, I'm glad we don't control God, and I'm glad God doesn't oh, do like control. It's a
1: classic praying, <laughs> praying for your football team to win while there's another Christian oh, praying. No, for yeah, yeah. Football yeah. Team and, to win. Hopefully we can
0: see the fallacy <laughs> yeah, of that yeah. and, and it's a bit light-hearted, but I've seen people really seriously praying about rain issues that yeah. sort of serve their purpose but not the person over the hill. Yeah. And um yes, yeah, so thankfully God doesn't necessarily do control, but he does love. He does love. He does self-emptying, canotic love. And because he does love, he's got to allow certain things. He's got to allow definitely natural law, you know, which actually creates an environment of freedom. So by natural law, I mean we have things at play that aren't necessarily divine in themselves. They are things that have been created, built into creation that cause creation to function. Uh, you know, for example, gravity is probably the simplest Thought around natural law—that's a simple one to, to look at. So you could say to someone, "Are you glad you can walk upright?" Well, you can thank gravity for that, because if if it wasn't for gravity, you wouldn't you, you wouldn't be able to do that. Mm. Um, are you glad that that Earth has a life giving atmosphere? We can thank gravity for that, because it, it yeah. pulls stuff back down to Earth and it creates an environment that we can we can live and breathe in. Um, Are you glad right down to when you go to the toilet? Are you glad things travel in a predictable direction? (laughs) You know, gravity. It's a good thing. It's a good thing. It's a good thing. Um, (laughs) Unless you fall from a tall building. And then we're tempted to blame what God, Mm. you know, my friend fell off a tall building and killed himself, fell out of a tree and killed himself. And it's like, well, God's at fault. Why didn't God stop that? God could have stopped that. Well, the fact is God could have, but God doesn't do control, Mm. you know.
1: And I guess like all rules, there's exceptions to that, right? I guess where we
0: look at, I guess, miracles. Yeah, miraculous intervention. So probably for for every few stories that someone's got of someone falling out of the tree, someone's got a story of miraculous escape from death. Yeah, yeah. uh, Which could only be explained as literally miraculous yeah, supernatural. it's supernatural mm. and um it that's the same with health issues natural law you have a bad diet you create health issues for yourself um you know you're not going to avoid that you know my doctor said to me you won't un- outrun your dna or your diet they're two things you out- won't outrun and without just surrendering to that concept i think that's pretty true that's natural law However, I do believe in a God that intervenes supernaturally yeah. and can bring divine healing. Mm. And we pray for that and we believe for that and we do occasionally see outstanding miracles yeah. of God's provision, God's intervention, God's healing.
1: Yeah, and I guess that's that whole Romans verse turning all things for good, you know, yeah, where it's yeah. like even some things we're not aware of and we end up living in the consequences of it, yet yeah. God... Can, is able to step in and change them.
0: and look Jesus continuously exercised power over natural law mm. so uh, calmed the storm, fed the multitude you know if you leave healing and demon possession you leave all that stuff out of it mm. you come back to just natural more sort of obvious natural law you've got him walking on water and multiplying fish and bread yeah so that's the miracle is the you know is the exception, exception yeah. Uh, and then the other thing that has to exist, really, uh, for love to exist, is human freedom. Mm. Um, love can only exist, really, in an environment of freedom.
1: Yeah, which I mean, I guess where people would say a robot can't love. Yeah, ro- at, okay. at this point,
0: <laughs> <laughs> with well, AI going the way it's going, who knows? Well, some people <laughs> would probably be able to accept that form of love. I'm not sure, but I think, yeah, I think we'd recognise that, that.
1: Like, love is not, love, you know, isn't a thing. You can't
0: force love. No, you know, choice, when we talk about freedom, we're talking about choice and choice is a wonderful thing, Um, you know, and especially in a largely free society like ours, like the fact is human choice, human freedom is not working real well for our Ukrainian brothers and sisters. Mm. You know, it hasn't worked real well for them. Um, So... Freedom is great until someone else's freedom impacts us. Yeah, sure. Someone else's choices impact us badly. Um, You know, I remember right at the beginning of the whole corona thing and uh, our area particularly in Queensland had just not been touched by it and then people were lying to get across the border Mm. into Queensland and brought coronavirus to our community. Mm. And it's like, oh, thanks very much for that. That's where you want more control. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like I want my freedom but I don't want other people to have that freedom to exercise that choice. So
1: so I guess it's like freedom is great when it benefits us Mm -hmm. and we love control when it serves us Mm -hmm. and then we only want God to intervene when it suits us.
0: When it suits us. And I guess that that is the whole point is uh, I guess the whole problem for us as humanity is we tend to be fairly... Self-focused and self-centric, um, and again, that's why we have such a model of Jesus. Mm. And there, there are reflections of the God kind of love in humanity. It's not totally lost, you know. Mm. Uh, so, you know, in humanity, the 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 love that we see in humanity is not only what we'd see depicted in whether it's Hollywood or Bollywood or Bieber or Gaga or whatever. Um, if, for example, if you look at marriage, if you look at healthy marriage. Um, you can really see the God kind of love in marriage Uh, because for it to work, partners have to repeatedly put love ahead of their own interests. You know, for your partner to thrive, you've got to say no to yourself. You've got to say no to self-will. You've actually got to be a bit, if I wanted to use that Greek word that was used of Christ, you've got to be a bit canotic. So for your partner to thrive in marriage, you've actually got to empty yourself a bit. And create space for someone else to thrive, mm. um, which is interestingly, literally, a, a, again, another Hebrew concept that we even see in creation. Some rabbis. Anyway, we're not going to go there. We're not going to go there. We're going stay, <laughs> to stay on the path. <laughs> avoid <laughs> that. Right. We gonna, won't dig
1: too deep down that We won't dig hole. too
0: deep. That's another podcast. But, but right it's there.
1: selfless love that causes both spouses to flow.
0: Yeah, that's it. Yeah. And that's I guess it. the same could be said for
1: parenting, right? With childbirth, yep. parents sacrifice sleep time. Um, hobbies, even sometimes careers yeah. for the sake of their children, self emptying, um, <laughs> love, you yeah. know, changes yeah. mountains of nappies and cleans up thousands of messes. Oh, golly. And uh, uh not a the the point homework. of homework. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it sits through, you know, endless uh, episodes of Baby Shark and oh, yeah. uh, um, <laughs> and Melon. Um, that, that self-emptying love.
0: Yeah, that's that's it. Love trades in the keys to the muscle car for a minivan. Mm. Now that's true. you haven't done that. That's true. Love in my world. I did. I did for years. You did,
1: yeah, yeah. That's I did true. for years. Not for but, a minivan, but though. I
0: just had the joy of getting yeah. the keys yeah, back. Yeah, yeah. We, and, and you didn't trade it for a minivan. <laughs> that's it. And and I mean, as opposed to maybe obvi- obviously where we see shallow expressions. I think, or, or what we might say is love, but I'm not sure it is. You know, sex can make babies but only love raises them Mm. that's the difference you know love raises babies love creates a home so you've got sex you've got natural law and human freedom add love into that and something entirely different happens Yeah. yeah so meaningless sex can happen all the time because of human freedom natural law people even you know they get pregnant they have a child might be it might be wanted it might not but when you add love into the equation, it creates a home. Only love can do that. Mm. Um, and I think that's a bit of the reason why when you remove God, that God kind of love even, from social structure, it begins to crumble. Mm. Yeah. So that's sort of, uh, that's what That's, so that's what some God of the problem God, with saying God's that's, in that's control. That's the problem with saying God is in control because there's other things at work mm. and I've often put it this way that um You know, when bad things happen to good people, when people say, why is that? Um, And this is a pretty simple explanation. It certainly doesn't help someone who's right in the middle of pain. But, you know, bad things happen on a broken planet. God does not have to get involved in it. Mm. Neither does the devil. You know, Christians often tend to blame way too much on the devil. There was an old joke, you know, that... That someone was walking past the church, and and Satan was sitting in the gutter crying, and they stopped and they said, "What are you crying for?" And he said, "They blame me for everything in there." You know? <laughs> um, it, it's it's not necessarily that spiritual. Mm. The world is broken. Sin has broken the planet, and even natural law is affected by that. Mm. Uh, man's greed has changed the environment. Whatever yeah, you believe yeah. about that, but pollution and you know all of those issues come out of the brokenness of man and people get affected by that their health is affected by that mm. their happiness is affected by that so human economies that oppress those that are less skilled or have less access to mm. resources etc cetera, etc cetera. so yeah god god doesn't do control god does love yeah. and he's expressed that in the most amazing way yeah by literally spreading his arms on the cross after emptying himself of the ability to control, Mm. um, spreading his arms on the cross and letting us express our anger and hurt and pain and disconnection Mm. against him.
1: Yeah. I guess in the end that's what God wants. He wants us to
0: choose to love That's it. Choose love.
1: Yeah, love can't exist without the freedom of choice. That's exactly Um, it. So God doesn't do control.
0: Yeah. And I mean, it makes us think of deeper things about ourselves, you know, like, you know, if you were God, what kind of God would you be? Mm. Just think about it. Just think about it as a human being. If you had limitless power, there's that movie Limitless, you know, where this guy takes a pill and all of a sudden he, he's all amazing. But just imagine if, and, and then there's, uh, what is it, Evan Almighty? No, um. Bruce Almighty yeah. <laughs> with Jim Carrey, that old movie, where he's given absolute power and he, be- he abuses it and he thinks it's just going to be so easy to have absolute power. It's a, I think it's a great movie for the lesson it teaches. By the time he gets to the end of it, he realises mm. having absolute power is no easy thing to bear. Mm. Um, so what sort of a God would you be if you had absolute power? Yeah. Would you really want God to be just like you?
1: that like, it affects the way it affects it's the way that you treat people.
0: Yeah. Well, I tell you, sometimes I've said to God, honestly, just this is in just dialogue with God, I've said, God, if I was you, I wouldn't do it that way. Yeah. Or I wouldn't let that happen, or I wouldn't I would step in or whatever, and I've always felt like the Holy Spirit's gently reminded me that that's why <laughs> that's why you're not God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um stuff like where where have I been? Or where am I tempted? Where have I been or where am I tempted to blame God for things people are responsible for? Mm. That's what the God in control question brings up for us. Like where have I blamed God for stuff that actually that was just people? Yeah. You know, if God was in control, why did this happen? And it's like, no, no, actually that was just the decisions of bad people. Mm. You know, if if someone, um, you know, someone loses a loved one because of a drunk driver. It's like, well, you know, that person made choices and those choices have overflowed into your life mm. and it's really sad and it's tragic and it shouldn't happen, but it does. It's mm. life on a broken planet. Yeah. Um, maybe when, you know, have you ever been tempted to question the love of God because of the consequence of natural law, you know? Mm. So do we blame God for things people are responsible for or just... That the weather is responsible for mm. um, you know, because if you've got too much rain here, it needs to rain there for someone over the hill to actually survive, generally.
1: Mm. Yeah. I think it's powerful, also powerful for, powerful for us as believers to ask some questions of ourselves. Um, such as are there situations in my life where I reflect God poorly? By my practice of controlling others. Oh, yeah. Kind of that question you asked before, like what kind of God would I be? (laughs) But am I being a God that reflects – am I being a person who reflects a controlling God? Yeah. Or am I being a person that reflects giving others the freedom to choose?
0: And actually that's huge. If we pause there for a moment, just a little caveat on outreach. Like how important is that in outreach?
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. If
0: we live as if God is controlling – that is going to give people a really false impression. Yeah. Of God. Again, the cliche, "Oh, don't worry, God's in control" mm. is really not helpful outside of faith circles. And as Christians, that's where we're called to operate. Mm. We don't operate in church. We come to church to uh, you know, maybe be fed, directed, encouraged, inspired, whatever, but actually where we're called to work for Christ and serve is actually in our communities yeah. that might not know Christ yet. Yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, what kind of God do we reflect there?
1: Mm, yeah, and I think that's great. And, I mean, a question for all of us would be then, where do I need to lay down control and trust love?
0: Yeah, beautiful.
1: Which is the gospel itself, isn't it? Giving up control, trusting that's in it. the love of God.
0: That's that's the invitation, you know, as Jesus did, emptied himself allowed himself to be taken to the cross Mm. could have called as he said could have called 10 legion of angels had a heavenly war or whatever instead chose Mm. to go through with the father's will and to build a bridge to humanity with his own body and now the invitation is you know and you might be with us today and have been tracking along and and maybe you know you actually don't have faith or maybe you've even let go of faith because of frustration or misunderstanding or or even things in scripture that you just could not compute. And I fully understand that. And, um, and yet today we're, we're really faced with the savior who emptied himself on our behalf. Let's not overcomplicate it. Let's not make it any more than that, that he, instead of seizing control, instead of maybe destroying the thing. Instead of all of that, he actually showed us the way by emptying himself mm. and surrendering in love, and, uh, and he calls us to do the same. That's the appropriate response yeah. that we have toward him. Beautiful. Yeah. Well, wonderful. Well, I'd like to pray. Yeah, let's okay? do that. Yeah. Why don't we pray together, wherever you are? Why don't we just pray? Let's, let's sort of make this our prayer. Um, That, Lord, we'd understand difficult circumstances, um, that they don't diminish your love, that we're on a journey, um, and that clarity would come to that journey. Whatever circumstances we're facing, Father, you you don't do control necessarily, but you do do love always. Help us to understand that. Mm. In Jesus' name.
1: Amen. Hey, well, thanks again for joining in. It has been great en- hope to be with you. Hope you're enjoying the journey and, hey, get ready next week, next
0: episode. I think episode, we'll tackle another one. We might tackle another one. I think we'll tackle another cliche.
1: Hey, and we'd love to see, send us an email or tag us on social media at Dig A Little Deeper Podcast, I believe it is. Yep. Uh, what are some Christian cliches you've heard that you might want us to address that'd in be, the future? That'd be good. Yeah, that'd be good. Let's do that. Hey, we'll see you in the next episode. Hey everyone, it's Jeremiah here. Thank you for listening. Make sure to leave a rating and a review below. Join us next week to discuss bullying the big brother. And that sounds pretty crazy to me. In the meantime, you can go check out the New Hope podcast for preaching from Pastor Chris and Levi. Or go drink some lovely McConan coffee to pass the time. Thanks for watching. Goodbye. (laughs) Was that good? No, because you said thanks for watching. It's thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Bye. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> yes. if, you, if you cuddle that out, you'll make me yeah, sound like an angel. Really, it's going <laughs> to be good. It's going to be good.